0: Welcome to episode one of District of Conservation, a brand new podcast about the great outdoors here from the swamp. I'm your host, Gabriella Hoffman, media strategist, conservative columnist, whatever you think of me or know me as. I wear many hats, so I won't bore you with that. But I'm here to tell you that the DC metro area and the surrounding states are the perfect sportsman's paradise. This podcast that I'm bringing to you all will invite you to come and discover our outdoor opportunities, which are innumerable. So I'm going to deliver you guys episodes Tuesdays to the best of my ability, and I hope you'll enjoy this. You have no idea how excited I am to be dabbling more into podcasting, especially on the great outdoors. If you're curious about anglers and hunters who survive and thrive in quote-unquote the swamp, a.k.a. the D.C. metro area and surrounding states, hop on for the ride. This will not be another outdoor podcast. I'm hoping to fill some voids that are notable in this space. There needs to be a podcast that caters to women as well as men. I definitely want to try to add a feminine touch without diluting masculinity. I'm not here to do that. I think empowering women could also subsequently empower men. But I also want to make this podcast irreverent in nature because irreverence is very nice and welcomed with anything. I like creatively disrupting stuff. So that's going to be my job with this podcast. And I want to deliver you guys a podcast that is shorter and easier to digest. So I'm not going to bore you with long segments. So why the name District of Conservation? Well, I live around the nation's capital. That's a given fact. And I think it's an appropriately named podcast for that. And my podcast is going to showcase people who live here who live around here, and perhaps those who work here, who get enjoyment from the great outdoors. There are so many people who reside in this metropolitan area and the surrounding states who really do define the great outdoors here and conservation efforts as a result. I'm going to discuss and interview people who are impacting and perhaps influencing federal, state, and local conservation policies. That's only appropriate given where I'm located. I'm going to talk to people who are storytellers, the creatives, the digital experts, people who are trailblazers. It could be a mom starting a nonprofit, or it could be someone who's creatively disrupting the outdoor industry with apps. We have a company like that here in Virginia. You may meet them very soon. Basically, I want to interview all kinds of people who reside here. There are amazing anglers, hunters, and conservationists here who have an impact, but sometimes that impact goes largely unnoticed, especially because they haven't been discovered, they don't have a large social media following, and the like, but I hope that changes with this podcast. There will be interviews. I'm going to have monologues dedicated to important discussions on public policy matters and issues, and I'm going to try to do my best to recount any unique outdoor happenings or trips that I may have or that friends may have here in the D.C. metro area. I think storytelling is an interesting component, and I'm getting more into storytelling writing in the outdoor industry, so I want to do my best to captivate that. And yes, I will talk to guests who are visiting from outside the region. I'm not just going to limit myself to covering people here, but that's going to be a primary focus, and the occasional visitor to Washington, D.C., why not? It's going to count as being inside this so-called swamp. So that's going to be fun to do that. So I have three goals that I want to accomplish with this podcast, and here are what those goals are. I believe that people in urban areas should lead the charge with improving participation in outdoor activities, especially hunting. So this goal is super important, and, and partly the reason why I'd started district of conservation is to inspire others in outdoor urban outposts to help others discover fishing, hunting and similar outdoor opportunities. Obviously with the growth of urban cities comes with the decline of rural areas. And that has put a damper on these activities, these beloved activities that we all enjoy. And a lot of millennials, unfortunately are getting displaced from that lifestyle with increased urbanization technology and whatnot. But I think uh, that can be remedied. And while hunting participation is on the decline, I think we can try to correct that. Those of us in the uh, in urban outposts, myself here in Washington, D.C., I think there are plenty of people in New York, Richmond, Los Angeles, Miami and similar urban enclaves that can help introduce others. I'm new to hunting, but I've gone fishing for most of my life. And I know there are more seasoned millennials and seasoned people who partake in these outdoor activities in urban outposts and and around those outposts. So I think it's important for us to lead the charge, work with organizations, highlight people who are making a difference in our areas to kind of turn the tide with respect to participation, especially with respect to hunting. Fishing is in a whole different camp. It's doing better with slight increases year after year. And especially after uh, in the latest fish and wildlife service report that has come out, fishing is on the mend and there could be threats in the future to it, but I think so far it's doing a lot better. But again, hunting is neglected. And I think this podcast could do something, whatever little contribution it could do to help that. And I hope others in urban outposts will join me in trying to introduce new people, trying to highlight people who are doing great stuff with hunting and fishing And showcase that not all urban outposts inhibit anglers and hunters with pursuing the activities they love. We do it here in the D.C. metro area all the time. And I would like to admit that we're very lucky to have fisheries around us. We have the Potomac River. We have the Chesapeake Bay, the James River a little bit south. We have the Atlantic Ocean about three and a half hours both ways, whether you go northeast or southeast uh, to Virginia Beach. We have a lot of fishing opportunities within arm's length. And if you go hunting, we have about an hour to hour and a half uh, time travel to go to these areas. So this is not impossible. My second goal for this podcast is to dispel the notion that the D.C. metro area is just a swamp. There's nothing here, that there's no outdoor opportunities. But I'm here to tell you that it is a sportsman's paradise. It's important to dispel this like, yes, it is swampy. We uh, have some swamp regions and swamplands, but they don't largely comprise the area. And believe it or not, people underestimate how important this metro area is as a vehicle for conservation efforts. We are home to a lot of the conservation organizations that dictate affairs all across the country. Trout unlimited is here. The NRA is here. Uh, and a lot of organizations and especially like the fish and wildlife service and the department of interior and similar entities thrive here and exist here. And a lot of policy emanates from this region So it's important to follow what goes along, and I want to do my best to highlight that. But we have the infrastructure in place here. The legislation starts here. A lot of these groups are here. So the D.C. is not entirely a swamp in terms of lack of opportunities or dull experiences. There are a lot of things to do here, like I mentioned in my first point with my first goal. And so I want, with this endeavor, to argue in favor of reasons for why this area is a treasure trove for anglers, hunters, and other outdoor enthusiasts. And also, I want the central tenet of this podcast to be highlighting personalities or the so-called outdoor experts in public relations, media, public policy, nonprofits, small businesses, and similar entities that are shaping conservation efforts here. The Mid-Atlantic, for what it's worth, does not get its due with all the opportunities it has here, especially in the states of Virginia, Maryland, West Virginia, and even D.C. You can go fishing in D.C. Don't go hunting. It's illegal there. But This area was where the country was founded. Like You would expect that it would have opportunities, and I know it does. I've seen it firsthand. I've done it myself. I've gone fishing and hunting in and around this metro area, and I know others have too. So I'm going to redeem our metropolitan area (laughs) with this podcast. That's one of my other goals. My third and final goal for District of Conservation is to ensure that public policy discussions are more well-rounded. I've listened to some of the more established podcasts discuss political matters with respect to conservation. And theres I know there's a lot of disagreement with people's views on gun rights who go hunting. Some hunters are not full-fledged Second Amendment supporters. They believe in some restrictions, which I don't agree with, but they're in their right to, to believe that. Some are more public lands advocates and fully place their trust in government. I can't entirely do that. I see the need for maintaining certain public lands in federal hands, but I don't want to place my trust fully in that. And a lot of people share that view, too. But I'm not for selling off land to the highest bidder. I think that's a silly argument. So uh, when I listen to some of these podcasts, and they'll rename nameless because I don't like to bash, but just a general view, I've heard with politics in general with respect to hunting, fishing, conservation, public lands, access, that kind of stuff, I just hear too much of NRA bashing, Republican bashing, and private property bashing. And that side shouldn't be vilified. There are many of us who belong to the NRA. We vote Republican. And we do believe that private property rights can go alongside public sector interests. You can have public-private partnerships. Uh, You want to work with landowners to be able to access lands. You have to know if a certain public access way borders private land. You don't want to encroach on people's property. And you shouldn't be entitled to access private land if you have not received the permission of landowners. So I think that when I hear this kind of bashing, it alienates people and I want to explore and discuss the nuances because with some of these podcasters, they opined on political matters, but admitted that they did not read the legislation or hear the words carefully of the people, especially the politicians that they criticize so vehemently. And I'm like, well, if you're... Opining on these political matters, why didn't you read through legislation that you're criticizing? Are you just echoing talking points of groups like Patagonia and REI? That's not truthful to do. You have to see the nuance. So I believe this is divisive when you have this name calling. This is what animal rights activists do. And we can't have any more division in conservation circles whatsoever. That's why I'm going to discuss These controversial matters fairly and objectively, and I'll even perhaps insert my views on it, too. I'm also not going to shy away from criticizing efforts, let's say, that ban big-game hunting or that offer restrictions on firearms further in general. I think hunters should be caring about the actions and efforts that subtract from their lifestyle. You don't have to be a dedicated gun toter to see that bans on semi-automatic firearms, which is the makeup of most basic hunting rifles, will hurt you. Because in Oregon and similar other more so-called blue states, they have been putting these proposals to ban semi-automatic weapons or firearms, which comprise hunting rifles. And imagine if that were to go away, not only does it impede on your freedom, that also impedes on conservation funding that derives from the Pittman-Robertson funds that are extracted from gun purchases. That's very dangerous. And I think hunters have to have a better understanding. And you don't have to agree. But I think you have to see the connection that if you take away firearms, there is a consequence with respect to conservation funding. We don't need that. And I think people have to understand that more greatly. And I'll talk about that, too. If anything arises nationally or within a particular state, you'll hear that from me. And also, I don't think you have to, let's say, do predator hunting for bears or cougars to believe or see that bans on managed big game hunts domestically could result in the banning of other species kind of see that cause and effect relationship there. If you deprive people of the right to do predator control or manage hunts to prevent species that are prevalent, like the black bear in New Jersey, uh, from taking place, it's going to, one ban is usually going to lead to another. They could go after pheasants, they can go after waterfowl. they can go after any other species that are commonly hunted. So I'm not going to be one to mince words on misguided policy, and I certainly wouldn't do that here, and we're going to discuss Everything and anything in between that relates to public policy in the outdoor space, I'm going to bring on people who disagree with me. I'm going to bring on people who agree with me. It's going to be very well-rounded. I'll even interview the politicians that are supposedly controversial or supposedly stealing uh, land from public landowners or from, from the people, which that needs to be explored more carefully. Is that really true? Is that really what's happening? And I think a conversation should be had on that and other controversial matters in the conservation space as a result. Like I said, I'm going to try to interview federal lawmakers and governors. I would love to chat with Larry Hogan, so if he's listening, I hope we can chat at some point. I'm going to talk to public policy folks, activists, nonprofit organizations, and others who reside here visit here. I think it's important to speak with people who are affecting policy to get their insight and to know whether or not they're aligned with us. That's going to be fun. So this is episode one. I know it was pretty chalk heavy with policy, with commentary and whatnot, but I believe this is the kind of conversation I'm going to have. I'm not going to have monologues all the time for the first few episodes. You'll find a few monologues from yours truly, but going forward, I'm going to do my best to talk to others because if I talk too long, it's going to bore you. So anyway, I hope you guys will stay tuned for episode two where I'm going to recount my experience about interviewing with Time Magazine for their upcoming gun issue. I'm going to be doing that uh, tomorrow. So as of this recording, my interview will be held the next day, tomorrow, September 5th. So it's going to be interesting. I've heard from others who've gone through the interview process so far that it's not as bad and they're pretty fair. So I think any doubts I had were thrown out the window when hearing this, but I went into it with an open mind and before I signed on to partake in this interview, and I'm excited to do it. So I'll let you know how the experience goes. So wish me luck if you can. Anyway, if you'd like to support this podcast or perhaps sponsor an episode, let's get in touch. I'm going to be making this available on anchor.fm, That will hopefully transmit to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and other known podcast hosts. Thank you for listening to District of Conservation, and stay tuned for the next episode.